how do you teach in the middle of a time when everyone you're teaching is going through something very difficult? Uh, it's hard. But I know that above all, we always want to honor God. It's what Debbie did in her life. It's what David once done in the church. And it's what we're created to do is honor God. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to honor God by looking at Jesus. And we're going to look at a passage uh, that is maybe going to be a little raw for us today. We're going to look, we're going to be in John 11, and we're going to look at the death of Lazarus. And the reason that we're going to look at this passage is because I believe that this passage in these circumstances fits so very well. Because we can see pain in this passage, but we can see comfort in this passage. We can see direction in this passage. And so as we get into the scripture, I, I know that it may be hard to focus and pay attention, but I really think that the Lord has something to say to us. And so uh, I'm always excited to hear from the Lord, always. And so I hope you are too. And we're going to, uh, we're just going to dive right in to John chapter 11. I'm in the ESV, if you are wondering. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. I don't know if you remember Mary and Martha uh, from earlier stories and things like that. Uh, we have uh, the time when Jesus came to Mary and Martha's house, and you remember uh, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and Martha was going everywhere and doing every single little thing that she thought needed to be done. And the Lord uh, said, you, you should have just sat at my feet. So this is the same Mary and Martha, and they have a brother, and, and uh, their brother is Lazarus. And Lazarus as from, from what we know, was a very, very close friend, and we'll read that here in a minute, but a very close friend of Jesus, a close personal friend of Jesus. And so uh, that kind of gets us into context as we look at this, at this passage. Lazarus is ill, okay? And we know the story. It, it doesn't go well for Lazarus. In fact, Mary and Martha are soon going to be grieving, so the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Jesus, again, had a special relationship with Lazarus. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed for two days longer in the place where he was. Probably not typical, all right? If you hear that someone is ill and they sent for you, you need to go there as quickly as possible. Jesus doesn't do that. He, he takes his time. He has something else in mind. And so 
He takes his time. He stays there two days longer. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just seeking to stone you, and you want to go there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. You know, the disciples are always clueless on anything that Jesus says all the time. They're, like, he's fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. Oh, well, he could wake up himself. Uh, no, guys, you're not, you're not getting what I'm saying here. Lazarus has fallen asleep means that Lazarus is dead. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he had meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. It's interesting. For your sake, disciples, I'm glad that I wasn't there. Because what I'm going to do is going to cause belief to well up in you. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Verse 17, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So just like when anyone passes away, family gathers around, friends gather around, people gather to help the family go through this. I experienced this four different times in 2020 when my own family members passed away. It's hard, but the comfort that family and friends and your church bring is, is so much more uh, than could ever be expected. But something was even more. There was even more comfort to be had, all right? Everyone has surrounded Mary and Martha. They're there. They're there to console them. And then we get to verse 20. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. So soon as Jesus is even a little bit close, Martha jumps up. She's like, I'm not going to be the one doing the wrong thing this time. <laughs> she jumps up and she runs to Jesus as fast as she possibly can. She got up in the middle of all of her family, in the middle of every friend of hers and relative that had gathered together to console them. She gets up and she just bolts. I mean, can you imagine if that happened? You're just like, wait, we all came for you. And she's out the door and she's running down the road because she knows that Jesus is near. And I think that this speaks to who Jesus is, that these people are comforting me greatly, but Jesus is near. So I will leave everyone and I will run to Jesus. Martha said to Jesus when she caught up to him, this is verse 21, Lord, if you 
would have been here, my brother would not have died. Obviously, she believes in Jesus, that he has the power to do anything. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And so she's saying, I know that even now, it's possible that you do something in this situation. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, well, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she understood that after our body passes away, that our souls go and they're with the Lord, but there will come a day when our souls will be reunited with our bodies. It will be our resurrection. And so she's talking about that resurrection. And Jesus said to her, and I love this, listen to what Jesus says to her right after her brother has passed away. This is what he says. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You're talking about the resurrection. You're talking about me. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. He says he's the very opposite thing that has been grieving her. She runs to him. She says, if you would have been here, you could have done something. He says, I'm, I'm here now. Well, I know anything you do, if you ask, you, you can still do something. Your brother will rise. Well, I know he'll rise on the last day. No, you're not understanding. I am the resurrection. If you're hurting right now because of death, I am life. It's no wonder that she ran to him. Jesus says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. It's a very important verse in scripture. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. All of us who have placed our faith in Christ, Debbie included, though we die, yet shall we live. Christians hate death more than anyone. For other religions, it's, it's a release or it's a transition. We, we hate death. We hate death because we know that death has been brought about by sin, and we hate sin. We hate it because we know that Christ died for our sin. We hate death more than anyone. Death is one of those things that catches us off guard. It changes our very lives so very quickly and we hate it. And Jesus says, the, the very thing that you hate, I am, I am the opposite of that. And though you hate death, though you die, yet you shall live. You shall have life if you die. He's obviously talking about eternal life right here. He's trying to encourage Martha in this moment. If you believe in me, yes, you'll die, but you will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, 
the Son of God. The Christ means the anointed one, the promised one, the one that we have all been waiting for. We know that you're the Christ. We know that you're the Son of God who is coming into the world. Well, she believes, doesn't she? Whoever believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live. We know Martha believed. We know Lazarus believed. When she had said this, she went and she called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he's calling you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and she went to him. You see what she did? Exact same thing her sister did. Jesus is calling me? Jesus is near? Well, I'm getting up and I'm going to. And so she runs to Jesus in the middle of all of her pain, in the middle of all of her relatives, in the middle of everyone consoling her. She says, if Jesus is here, I'm going to him. Because he offers comfort, because he offers hope. And she doesn't put it as plainly as Jesus does, but she knew he offers life. In the middle of all this, he offers life. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but he was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise and quickly go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb, maybe, to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him the same thing, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. What faith? I've never told anyone that ever. If you would have been here, they wouldn't have passed away. I didn't, I've never had to use that. Uh, they knew. They knew. You're different than everybody else here. If you would have been here, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have died. Lazarus would still be here. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and he was greatly troubled. That word deeply moved is an interesting word. It is a feeling of intense emotion. We don't usually think of Jesus with the words that were just used about Jesus. We usually think of Jesus healing and we usually think of him walking on water and we obviously always think of him on the cross and we think of always, we think of the resurrection. We think of all these different things, but we don't usually think of Jesus like this. Maybe in the garden of Gethsemane, right before the cross, we see Jesus in anguish. But right here, this word, it just means this intense emotion. He is deeply moved. Then it says he's also troubled. He's deeply moved in his spirit and he's greatly troubled. That word greatly troubled means that he is in emotional distress. All right? Jesus is, is torn apart just like everybody else there. And he's torn apart over the exact same thing that everyone else there is torn apart for. We, we can never forget that death the thing that we hate so much is the one reason that Christ came to save us from it so that we could be with him forever. If there's someone that hates death, it is Jesus. If there's someone that is deeply moved and greatly troubled by death, it is him. It is Jesus. Jesus. 
So he's greatly moved. He's distressed. And he's, uh, sorry. And he's greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Then we have the shortest verse in all of scripture. And you know what it is. Jesus wept. The word weep in this text, it means actual tears. It doesn't mean that he's sad. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means that Jesus Christ was crying tears because his friend Lazarus had passed away and because everyone else was so greatly troubled by death. So the Jews said, you see how he loved him? But some of them said, well, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. We don't open tombs after four days, Jesus. You should know this. This is gross. Don't do this. It's going to smell. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. And this is what he said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. Lazarus came out. His hands and his feet were bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And we're going to stop right there. That's pretty much the end of the story. It gets into uh, people wanting to kill Jesus because of this and uh, just kind of snowballs after that. I, I love this story. This story spoke to me so much in times when I've experienced loss. And I keep going back to this. And I share this with people who have lost loved ones because I think that there's so much jam-packed in here for those of us who are troubled to see. One of the first things that I want to encourage you with is that Jesus has been affected by death just like you. And there's not one of us in here that hasn't experienced the death of a loved one. And there's definitely not anyone in here that has it heavy on their hearts right now. And Jesus has that same had that same intense emotion that you're feeling. And he wept, just like many of you will. That's because he's an amazing God. And he identifies with us. He's, he was a man, right? He was affected by the things that we men are affected by. Here's the next thing that I think is really important in here. In the darkest of times, 
you and I need to be like Mary and Martha. I said it several times. Mary and Martha ran to Jesus. You and I need to run to Jesus in these times. I, I promise you that this is exactly what the pastor is doing. I have no question. Were Mary and Martha still in pain? Absolutely. But they still ran to him. They still sought him because they knew that his comfort was lasting, that his hope was better than anything that they could get anywhere else. So I want to encourage you to do that. Run to Jesus. I also want to encourage you to weep like Jesus. Sometimes these things need to come out. You've seen, you've seen it come out here on stage. It's not a new thing to see me cry up here. You've seen the pastor up here recently. And he's wept because of the deep love that he feels. And in that pain, I promise you, he's continuing to seek Jesus. Here's the last and perhaps the best hope. Remember, Jesus hasn't resurrected himself from the dead, so we don't know about that in the story yet, okay? So if you're living in that time, that hasn't happened yet. But Jesus goes to the tomb and he raises Lazarus from the dead. And that resurrection points to his resurrection, which he just told Martha, I am the resurrection. So he's even hinting at, I'm bigger than you think I am. So not only does Lazarus' resurrection point to Jesus' own resurrection, what's even more beautiful is that Lazarus' resurrection points to our resurrection. Jesus is the first and then all of us. Is there pain in death? A hundred percent. I can't think of anything worse. I really can't. Is there hope in death? Mary and Martha sure thought so. They're willing to leave everything and just go and be with Jesus. And they saw Jesus do something that they knew he could do, but probably weren't expecting at all. And Lazarus' resurrection points to Jesus's. And Jesus's points to ours. Do we have hope in death? Yes. Because we know that there's life after. Those who believe in Christ, though they die, yet they live. We will resurrect. Everyone who passes will resurrect. And we will be reunited with our souls and our bodies. We will be human again. And we will spend eternity with the Lord. On Sunday, I'm going to be sharing from Philippians. And there is a beautiful one-liner in there about heaven. And it is, it is the perfect description of heaven. It's in verses 1 through 10. I'll let you look it up. 
heaven ultimately is being together with the Lord. We grieve, but we grieve like those who have hope. We grieve with those who have hope because we know of the resurrection, but we also know of the promise that we have in Jesus Christ that there is life even though we die. And so I encourage you to have hope in your pain. And I encourage you to continue to pray for the pastor. Pray for we as a staff as well. We, we need your prayers. Um, you'll be able to minister to David in time. So will we. Uh, it's just not quite yet. Remember him as you go to sleep tonight. We will, uh, I'll probably give another update on Sunday. Um, and any other questions you have, we have a staff over here that uh, loves you so very much and is eager to step into the gap that we have right now for maybe a week or two as a pastor isn't here and minister to you because we all love you with our whole hearts. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Let me pray as we close today. Lord, we thank you for the hope that you give us the hope of resurrection, just the hope of being with you without our sin in the way, without all of the baggage that we bring. We thank you for the hope that you give for those of us who believe in you. That though we die, yet we live. We have faith in that because you said it. So as we grieve, give us hope. Give us joy in the midst of it all. And be with us and help all of us. And please help David and help Debbie and help their family in the coming days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.